Bible, Hebrews 10 verse 25 says that we are to encourage one another as we see the day of the Lord's return drawing near. That verse makes it clear that there are signs that we are to watch for that will identify the season of the return of Jesus Christ. In a moment we are going to interview a Bible prophecy expert who believes that the signs of the times indicate that the season of the Lord's return is upon us. Stay tuned. Lamb and Lion Ministries presents Christ in Prophecy, a program that focuses on the fundamentals of Bible prophecy, showing how current events in the news relate to biblical predictions of end-time events and the soon return of Jesus. Now, here's your host, Dr. David Reagan. Greetings in the name of Jesus, our blessed hope, and welcome to Christ in Prophecy. I am delighted this week to have as my special guest a dear friend and colleague, Gary Fisher from Franklin, Tennessee, a suburb of Nashville. Gary is the founder and director of Lion of Judah Ministries. It's a Bible prophecy ministry that was established in 1994. Gary, welcome to Christ in Prophecy. Thank you, David. It's great and I to tell be you here. what, it, it's always a joy to have <laughs> you, but I must admit that I get a little nervous because I remember one time you came on this program and after I introduced you, you said, David, we're going to switch seats. And I said, what do you mean? He said, I'm going to put you on the hot seat. And you actually made me move over there and you grilled me for 30 minutes. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, well, it's not going to happen this time, buddy. I'm keeping you on the hot seat. And I want to go directly to a question okay. that will put you on the hot seat. I mentioned in the beginning uh, of the opening of this program that we might be in the season of the Lord's return. Do you think we are? And if so, why? Yes, theme verses of Lion of Judah ministry has become encourage each other and so much the more as you see the day approaching. And I like that word see because that tells us that there are visibles that we can notice in the last days that like indicate. What? Uh, one of the main ones that I can uh, focus on is Israel. Uh, Old Testament theology demands that there is a physical Israel in place in the last days, and the Messiah cannot come to this earth until that physical Israel is in place. Mm -hmm. For 2,000 years, there hasn't been one. Uh, we are the only generation in 2,000 years seeing the reestablishment of the nation of Israel and uh, a, a great population, almost half of the world's population, Jewish population, back in the land, mm -hmm. and they are preparing to meet their Messiah. And I can't wait. Oh, amen. And, and that's not only Old Testament theology, it's also in the New Testament, isn't it? Absolutely. Where? Uh, one of the quotes, Jesus, Matthew 24, 32, watch the fig tree. When you see the fig tree blossom, know that the summer is near. Summer, a season is near. We we don't know the day of the hour. We know the season. Yeah, but what does that mean? Watch the fig tree. Uh, the fig tree, Joel 1 7, Hosea 9 10. Hosea 9 10, I saw your forefathers as the first fruits on the fig tree, God says. So he's talking so, about Israel here. Talking about Israel. And he said, the generation that sees. So when Israel, yes, that sees that, is going to see all these things coming. See to everything. Pass. He also said the same thing in, in Luke, I believe it was, where he talked about uh, Jerusalem. He said, watch Jerusalem. Going to yes. be scattered all over the earth, but the day's going to come when you're going to come back, reoccupy the city of Jerusalem. Yes. And I'm coming. Yes. Absolutely. Well, brother, we're there. Absolutely. Uh, well, what other signs would you point to besides Israel? Oh, there are all kinds of weather signs. There, uh, there's the progress of man. That well, is, no, what do you mean by weather signs? Uh, we're talking about earthquakes. We're talking about uh, storms. We're talking yeah, about. But, Gary, we've always had those. I mean, what, what's the deal here? But Jesus said that they would increase in frequency and intensity as the time of his return. So there will be more earthquakes and more intense. Yes. And okay. every time we open up on a newspaper clipping today, it'll say, this one was the most yeah. This one was the most dynamic. Yeah. This one was the most damaging. Yes, yes. Uh, every time we open it's the It's like newspaper. all of nature has gone crazy today, all yes. over the world. Yes. 
And the world says it's global warming. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And we have the boom of technology. Okay. Uh, boom of technology. We've got uh, the, the knowledge and travel greatly. Well, how, how does boom in technology relate to Bible prophecy? Uh, Daniel chapter 12, verse uh, 4 and verse 9, I believe it says, in the last days, knowledge and travel will greatly increase. So uh, we have, we're, we're, well, the fact of the matter the is, there's many Bible prophecies you cannot understand apart from modern technology, yeah, right? Absolutely. Like so. two, two witnesses of God being killed in Jerusalem, lying in the streets of Jerusalem. It says the whole world will look upon them. How could anybody understand that before Absolutely. 1965? So, you know, Hebrews 10, 25 again. Uh, there are things that we can see that note for us the coming of the Lord together. And what are we supposed to do with that? Encourage each other. Anything else come to mind about signs that indicate we're in the season of the Lord's return? Uh, there's uh, all kinds of them, brother. There what is about a, apostasy in the, the church? The condition of the church is one of them. Where the church Jesus described in the last days has its shoulder shrugged. Uh, they're not excited, not passionate about anything. Uh, the uh, Bible says they would dispense of uh, sound doctrine. Uh, if that doesn't describe the church today, yeah, the church I don't is know what to is apostasy today. Yeah, you haven't mentioned the one that I consider uh, the second most important behind Israel that my, on the list that I would make, and that's uh, the, re, uh, the reemergence of the old Roman Empire. Exactly. Well, I was going to get to that. Okay, go for it. <laughs> but yes, we, it, it's amazing to me uh, that in 1948, Israel was reestablished as a nation. And in 1948, Europe started coming back together in the European Union. Yeah. Same year. Yeah. And there's something about that that I hadn't figured out. It's called out God's timing. Exactly. Well, Gary, uh, you know, uh, uh, Bible prophecy has fallen on hard times because many people say it's a playground for fanatics, and all these people do is set dates for the coming of the Lord. And we've had all kinds of dates set, and the, the, the press mocks the, uh, the date setters and so forth. So, we're not saying that we can know the date of the Lord's return. Absolutely not. We can know the season of the, season. Of the Lord's return. Yes. So, let's make that very clear. We are not date setters. We're not saying He's coming on a certain date. We're just saying that we can know the season. We are in that season. Today would be good with me. Well, yes. And, and God wants us to know the season <laughs> because He does not wish that any should perish, but all be brought to repentance. And so, yes. He wants us to recognize that Jesus is coming soon. Absolutely. Well, I praise God that you had the courage to step out in faith and give up a career and begin proclaiming the soon return of Jesus Christ. Mm. The tragedy is the apathy that exists in the church today, particularly among pastors, about teaching that Jesus is coming soon. Here we are on the very doorstep of the tribulation. Jesus is about to break from the heavens in the rapture any moment, and the average pastor careless. Well, yes, there's a commentary that Jesus had about this. Just as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of Son of Man. Here's Noah sitting out here with a bizarre message, sitting out on the hillside building a boat. They'd never seen it rain up to that point. Yeah. And how many uh, converts did he have? How many people were listening? How many people were laughing? Uh, that's the condition we see in the world today about Bible prophecy. Noah was a Bible prophecy teacher. I want to talk to you more about teaching Bible prophecy in just a moment. Yes. Welcome back to Christ in Prophecy and an interview of Gary Fisher, the founder and director of Bible Prophecy Ministry in Franklin, Tennessee called Lion of Judah Ministries. Gary, you have been preaching and teaching Bible prophecy full-time ever since 1994, and before that you were an electronic technician. For Radio Shack. You had a great career going. When I first met you back in Lexington and many years ago, you were a Bible prophecy teacher at a local church. Yes. And I encourage you to take that step of faith and get out there and go full time. And you did. And uh, brother, uh, that was a big step 
to resign your career and step out in faith with not knowing where the next dime is going to come from. I know because I've been there. Tell us about it. it what was. motivated you to take such a tremendous leap of faith? A call. When 1994, or excuse me, 1974, I was stationed in New Dorn, Thailand, the Air Force. I had just gotten saved and I was reading everything I could about Bible prophecy. I knew that Bible prophecy had made me come to that place where I wanted to make a decision. And I knew there were some other people like me out there. So I was studying everything I could to give them an answer. And while I was studying in that issue, God put deep in my spirit, go back to the United States, start a ministry that focuses on the soon return of Jesus, and make yourself available for speaking engagements. And I ran from that calling <laughs> for 20 years uh, in 1994. Uh, I just, I was miserable inside. I felt like I jumped ship. I felt like Jonah and the whale, and then I had my Jonah and whale experiences, and I finally, 1994, surrendered to that call, and I said, I, I'm miserable doing what I'm doing, so how could I be more miserable serving the Lord? So, so you I had a burning out. message in your heart. Absolutely stepped out. And you know, when you run from the Lord, I know, well, I know about this, you can have a lot of success in the world, but you're always miserable because you're out of the center of God's will. That was it. So you stepped out in faith to form this ministry. What have you learned about walking by faith with God? Well, it wasn't a bravado move with God. It was just, a, okay, Lord, I'm, I'm ready to accept whatever you have to offer. And so in 1994, I made that step, and I found out uh, that God knows exactly what He's doing. <laughs> and, and I didn't know what I was doing in the slightest, but God knew. Uh, and I found something out. Uh, something that uh, came from one of my great uh, favorite teachers, Chuck Smith of yep. Calvary Chapels. He used to say this, where God guides, God provides. And I had no clue uh, when I stepped out that I was going to ever make another dime. Yeah. Uh, and it didn't matter at the day that I did it. Uh, but since then, the Lord hadn't missed a single paycheck, brother, <laughs> and uh, my family hadn't missed any. And meals. often those donations come from the strangest places. They, don't they? do, yeah. Uh, and we opened in '94. I didn't have a clue where it was all going to come from, and the money just started coming. And uh, I, we didn't do it for money; uh, we did it for a purpose. Sure. And uh, but the Lord was. But you learn how to take greater steps of faith as you go along, and you learn to trust the Lord more and more. Yes. Now, I, I, after the first few months of our ministry, uh, we had gotten down to just a couple of hundred dollars. And uh, I just thought it was over. And uh, I was going to come down here and visit you. <laughs> and I didn't have money for a plane fare. You called me up just all joyfully and gleefully and said, I'll come on down anyway. And so I came down here. And when I got home from that meeting, I went to the P.O. box. And I was ready to go back and get me another job. And uh, well, I opened the P.O. box and went in there, and there's one of these uh, uh, priority mail folders in there. And I opened it up, and there was a $10,000 check in there. And I couldn't even <laughs> go back. I went back to the car. My knees were shaking. I, my voice was quivering. And I handed it to Pam, my wife. And I said, look at that. And then she started with the same reaction. And a voice down deep inside of me spoke to me and said, you think I can handle this? <laughs> You know, I found that out when I started walking by faith, too, that the Lord would take you right down to the very end where you just didn't have a dime left, <laughs> and you just didn't know what you were going to do, and the only thing you could do is get on your knees and pray yes. like me, and then He would come through. Yes. I, I found that the Lord has His own timing. He's yes. never late, but He's very rarely early. <laughs> <laughs> I can remember a time, Gary, 
A few years ago, <laughs> when George, uh, the, the, the financial director of this ministry came to me and said, man, we need to pray like we never prayed before because if I figured right, by the end of November we'll have nothing in the bank. Mm -hmm. So we prayed and prayed and prayed. At the end of November, George came in and said, David, the Lord answered our prayer. We got $7.50. <laughs> and I said, boy, we need to pray some more. <laughs> Do you know that a week later, a dentist called a retired dentist and said he wanted to come out here and visit. He came out. He said, I've been watching the TV program. And he said, I just love it. And he said, I want to uh, get a copy of all the programs. This was about the second year we were broadcasting on television. And uh, when he, he said, could I see Dave Reagan? I sat down. I talked with him for a little while. And he turned to his wife and said, why don't we uh, give a donation? She said, fine. He said, is 20, 25 right? And she said, well, 25 is okay. So he wrote down Handed me the check, and they left. And I thought, well, that's wonderful. I went in, I put it on the desk, and I said, there's a check for $25 from the uh, dentist. And I went in, to, and she came back in a minute. She said, did you look at this check? I said, no, it said for $25,000. <laughs> and I could tell stories like that all day long. It's exciting to live by faith, but sometimes it's sort of nerve-wracking. <laughs> it's sobering. <laughs> sobering. Oh, boy, you got that right. What would you say to somebody who's thinking right this moment about going into ministry? Uh, I would say to make sure there's a call. Yes. Confirm that call. Make sure there's a call. How do, what does that mean in real terms? Uh, a calling is, it will not go away. Yeah. It's an urging way down in the Spirit that will not be satisfied unless you're doing what that calling voice says to do. Um, and <clears throat> you know, today is not the place for ministry where there's no call. Yeah. Um, and so I would say, first of all, make sure there's a call. Uh, after that is assured, do not enter the ministry thinking that life is going to be easy. <laughs> not going to be a bed of roses. Ministry is not the place where you're going to just sit back in the easy chair and expect everything to, you know, the average American, uh, I believe right now, thinks that, that church uh, ministry and that kind of stuff is picking the Lord, uh, arranging for a Rolls Royce to put them in the front of the church, a flower-laden <laughs> cart pick them up, roll them in, situate them on a feather-cushioned pew, and fan them while God blesses them. <laughs> uh, but it doesn't work that way in ministry. No. Uh, you cannot believe that ministry is going to be easy. Welcome back to Christ in Prophecy. We've been talking with Gary Fisher about his motivation for giving up his secular career in order to step out in faith and start preaching the soon return of Jesus. Gary is the founder and evangelist for a ministry called Lion of Judah. Gary, how about sharing with your heart for a minute uh, from your heart about your favorite verse, Hebrews 10.25. Yes, Dave, I'd be happy to. In Hebrews 10.25 it says, encourage each other and so much the more as we see the day approaching. We take it in our ministries that there are things from that verse that we can see that note for us that the coming of the Lord is near. What are those things that we can see if it is doable? One of the things that I would like to say is something that Jesus talked about, Matthew 24, 7, the increase of earthquakes. He said that those earthquakes would increase like birth pangs upon a woman. And uh, my question is, in our ministries and all over the places where we do conferences, can those uh, frequencies and intensities be verified? On the U.S. Geological uh, Survey's website, uh, we can go there. And just recently I uh, printed this out for the year 2000. Uh, the total number of earthquakes they measured, 22,256 for the year 2008. 
31,777. I think anybody can see from that in, uh, earthquakes are on the increase. Let's talk about wars for a moment. Uh, the the, the uh, Bible says that wars would increase like frequency or birth pangs upon a woman uh, in frequency and intensity. And can that be verified in history? The, the 20th century lost more lives to war than all of the other centuries combined. I would say that wars are definitely on the increase. There are three things that are called for in Scripture that preface the coming of Jesus, the development of superpowers. I'd like to talk for that for just a moment. Russia is one of those superpowers. It is mentioned in Ezekiel 38. Uh, Iran is another one of those powers. It's mentioned in Ezekiel 38.5. Can we see those develop today? Of course. C.I. Schofield mentioned in 1908 with his, uh, his first study Bible that he published that he didn't understand that, uh, that there was going to be a Russia come against Israel in the last days. And yet uh, we see that developing where Iran, mentioned in verse 5, is going to be one of the allies. And how in the world could C.I. Schofield have known that in 1908? Because Bible prophecy declared it in advance. Well, today... Uh, unlike uh, 1908, Russia is a nation that is ready to biting at the bit to go into the Middle East, get involved, and we see Iran involved with them as an ally. Uh, the development of superpowers, Russia being one of those, uh, and China being another one we see in Revelation, where there's going to be an army from the east of at least 200 million. And Revelation, uh, recording that in 95 A.D., wrote about that. How could John have understood in 95 A.D. an army of 200 million? Today, China has something like 2 billion people, and uh, filled an army of 200 million would be no problem at all. Another one that's very, very seriously uh, coming on scene is the European Union. Daniel chapter 2, Daniel 7 says that in the last days there would be the Roman Empire that would come back together and be in place when Jesus set his foot back on this planet. We see the European Union coming back together today, reviving that old Roman Empire, and it is a sign that Jesus is coming soon. What other signs can we see uh, visibly in the earth that note that Jesus is coming soon? Jesus talked about a church. In, in Revelation chapter 3, verse 14 through 20, that church would be called the Laodicean church. Laodicea in Greek means people ruling, people ruling. And that is exactly the church we see today. If nobody's happy in the church, they just go home and don't support it anymore. Uh, and we see Revelation chapter uh, 3 where the Laodicean church has people got their shoulders shrugged. Uh, they're saying, so what? Uh, they're saying they're apathetic and they're indifferent. And that is exactly the church that we see out there. Second Timothy chapter 4 talks about that church, and it said that that church would not endure sound doctrine. The church we see today has given up sound doctrines, and they are mostly given to myths, legends, and tickling the ears. Everybody uh, knows that that's watching the church today. Another sign, condition of man. The Bible says that in the last days, uh, Jesus referred to this in Luke 17, that man would descend into lawlessness. Uh, he said it would even be like the days of Noah and the days of Lot. 
where man's pleasure would be the most important thing to him, even greater than the truths that man embraces, his pleasure would be more important to him. And that would lead man to descend in this lawlessness where we have war and rebellion and strife and murder and homosexuality and pornography and divorce and child abuse and adultery. Those are the things that we're looking at in our society today. What do they mean? They mean that Jesus is coming soon. Today would be good with me. Uh, another sign, the boom of technology and travel. Daniel chapter 4, or that, excuse me, Daniel chapter 12 and verse 4 says that technology and travel would greatly increase in the time of the end. Who could dispute that we are living in the days of booming technology with the advent of the computers? Almost everything is possible to man today, technologically speaking. Think about travel. Uh, it, when Adam and Eve left the Garden of Eden, they could travel about 25 miles an hour on the back of a good horse. And that continued uh, up until recently in the 1800s when the steam engine was invented, then the automobile, then the jet engine. And today we've gone from 25 miles an hour in the days of Adam and Eve to 25,000 miles an hour going into outer space. And I would say definitely that travel and knowledge have greatly increased. Those are signs that Jesus is coming soon. The interest and understanding of Bible prophecy is a sign. Uh, it is a sign that indicates that Jesus is coming soon. What am I talking about? Daniel chapter 12, verse 4 and verse 9. Both of them say that, uh, that knowledge will uh, be, uh, it would, Bible prophecy would be understood more in the time of the end. In fact, God told Daniel, he said, Daniel, the book is sealed up until the time of the end. And he said, uh, in the time of the end, they will start to understand that. Uh, in keeping with that principle, uh, Bible prophecy was very, very rarely understood. Only a few individuals uh, up until the 20th century. But in the, in the end of the 20th century, we started seeing books written about the founding of the state of Israel and all of these different signs that I have reviewed so far uh, and these books showing up on the bookshelves and there's understanding like never before of what God had to say about the end times. And today we have more of an understanding about Bible prophecy than any time in history. It's a sign that Jesus is about to appear. Sir Isaac Newton, a great uh, scientist, he lived from 1643 to 1727. He said this, and I quote, About the time of the end, a body of men will be raised up who will turn their attention to the prophecies of the Bible and insist on their literal interpretation in the midst of much clamor and opposition. I would say that definitely describes our world today and the, and the men that are preaching Bible prophecy understanding it like never before. My last point uh, is the one that I love the most, and I have saved it for last because I want to end on it. And I will say this. Jesus talked about the greatest sign that, G, that he is going to appear in Matthew verse, uh, chapter 24, and I will read it for you to start off with. He says, Learn the parable from the fig tree. I'm reading it Matthew 24, 32. Learn the parable from the fig tree. When its branches become tender and puts forth its leaves, you know that summer 
And I pause and put parenthesis and say summer is a season because we don't know the day of the hour. But Jesus is giving us a license to know the season. He says, you know that summer is near. Even so, verse 33, you too, when you see all these things, there's that word see again, like Hebrews 10.25. When you see all these things, recognize that he is near, right at the door. Verse 34. Truly, I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all these things take place. What generation is he speaking of? The generation that sees the budding of the fig tree. What is the fig tree spoken of here? What is God using this symbolism for? You can find the answer to that. Just go to he, uh, Joel 1-7 and, and Hosea 9-10. Hosea 9-10 says this. God is speaking first person. He says, I saw your forefathers as the first fruits on the fig tree. Jesus is referring to the fig tree here. And he says, you watch the fig tree. And when you see it blossom, you know that summer, the season of the Lord's return, is near. We are living in that season. We have lived in the world for 2,000 years, not seeing a physical Israel. But on May the 14th, 1948, physical Israel was born. And today, the Jewish people are moving back to it from all over the world, exactly like the Scripture declares. It is a sign that Jesus is about to appear. <laughs> Excuse me. Isaiah 11, it declares that in the last days the Jewish people would come from all over the world. I was raised in a denomination that taught that Isaiah 11 was fulfilled in the dispersion of the Jewish people to Babylon. But that cannot be true because Isaiah 11 says that they will come from the four corners of the world. They would come from the east, the west, the north, and the south. And there's only one time in history where they have come from all over the world, and that time is now. Those people are moving into Israel, some six and a half million Jewish people uh, living in the land of Israel, and they are still coming by the month. Uh, the prosperity of Israel is prophesied in the Bible. And Ezekiel 36, God said that he would bless the children of Israel in the land of Israel and that they would enjoy prosperity like never before. Today, Israel has a $188 billion economy. It's still growing. It's as uh, strong as any other Middle East nation, and it's, we're going to see more. Amos 9, verse 15 says, They will never, ever again leave the land. So the people asking, what will happen to Israel? Are they there to stay? Yes, they're there to stay. And why are they there? Because in Zechariah chapter 12 through 14, it says the Messiah will come to Israel. And there had to be a physical Israel for him to come to. Zechariah 12, 10 says, they will look on him whom they have pierced. They will mourn for him as one mourns for an only son. Zechariah 14 says he will be declared king on that day. My question. Is he king of our hearts? And you can make Jesus the Lord and king of your heart today. Romans 10, 9 says, If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Now is a good time to do that with all of these things developing in the world. I encourage you to do it today. Welcome back to Christ in Prophecy. And Gary, thanks for that tremendous presentation from Hebrews 10.25. You blessed my socks off. Thank you, brother. Great opportunity. How about telling folks how to get in touch with you and your ministry? Uh, they can go to lionofjudaministry.org. The website is functional there. They can also reach me on my email address from that site. Thank you, Gary. And I hope people will do that. Well, folks, that's our program for this week. 
Until next week, the Lord willing, hope you'll be with us. This is Dave Reagan speaking for Lamb and Lion Ministries saying, look up, be watchful, for our redemption is drawing near. Dr. David Reagan's book, God's Plan for the Ages, contains a comprehensive overview of all aspects of Bible prophecy. It's written in an easy-to-understand, down-to-earth style that you will find appealing. In addition to all the prophecies concerning the first and second coming of the Messiah, it deals with a host of other prophetic questions, such as, what happens when you die? What will heaven be like? What's the future of the earth? Where is the United States in prophecy? To get a copy of God's Plan for the Ages, please call 1-800-705-8316, Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Central Time, and ask for it by name, or order online at lamblion.com. Thank you for joining us on today's Christ in Prophecy, a presentation of Lamb and Lion Ministries, a non-denominational ministry dedicated to teaching the fundamentals of biblical prophecy and proclaiming the soon return of Jesus.